Blog Talk Radio. Marty Oakley, the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. Our show tonight is, of course, the USDA Hour with Lawrence Lucas and his guests, and I'll be bringing Lawrence on in just a moment. I wanted to let you all know that TS Radio has, and all of its shows, have been picked up for syndication, and we are now streaming on at least 21 different platforms uh, we've been approached by three FM stations um, to let them stream our shows live. I'll let you know more about that later, see what all that involves. Um, but this is not just here in the U.S., this is globally, and we are picking up traffic from all around the world. We have, by the way, on Guardianship, which is what I attend to, the number one podcast in Australia. Uh, we've hit that position before, and the Australian government promptly blocked access to my shows they've done so again everybody's raising hell over there so they'll get that opened back up um but things are starting to pick up Uh, i mean not that they weren't good to begin with but now they're approaching the great territory uh the reach the audiences will be available um they can pick this up on their phone off of apple pandora amazon stitch is it stitchery or something name like that i never can keep up with that stuff um, iTunes, uh, Spotify, we we are all over the place. So hopefully that will expand the reach of these shows. And, you know, although we have a good audience here, I think we can have a tremendous audience here. So let's keep hoping for that. And just as a little aside, I see our friend Tubby from Texas is back. Well, Tubby, thank you. Every time you check in, it drives our stats up, and we do appreciate it. You racist little... Anyway, you're a jackass, Tubby. So you take your stuff and truck on back to Texas and leave us good people alone, okay? You stay down there and be the redneck backwoods hillbilly that you are. And we'll go on with business. Anyway, our host for tonight, of course, is Lawrence Lucas. And Lawrence, I'm going to hand this over to you and take it away. Lawrence? Are you getting Lawrence, any static? Talking. Are you getting any no. static on my phone now? No. Uh-uh. Okay, we great. Getting anything? I thought you left. <laughs> ah, no, 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 no. I, I haven't gone anywhere. Uh, I want to. Okay. I want to. I want to thank you, Marty, for. I think. What are we going into our fourth year now? Fifth. Yeah, we're going into our fourth fifth. year, and I want to thank you and Marcel Reed with the whistleblowers out of Washington for making these shows available so that uh, another segment of our society can talk about what is going on in Washington and around the country. Uh, we have Lloyd, uh, tonight we have uh, Eddie Slaughter due to come on from Georgia. Uh, Corey Lee will possibly join us 
after he finishes a Zoom call out of uh, Tennessee. And we have Michael Stovall, and we have Lloyd Wright. Uh, has Have those people, how many people are signed in right now, Marty? Uh, hello? Okay. Well, I was trying to get Marty to come back on and let me know oh, exactly. Oh, here we go, Lawrence. Okay, here how many go. How I'm many do we have? You Right now you've got Michael Stovall and Wayman Henson. Okay, Michael Stovall and Wayman Henson. Okay, mm-hmm. I know it's somebody I left out. Okay, how you doing, Wayman? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you, uh, Okay, uh, we are expecting um, uh, Lord Wright and um, oh, as well as Corey Lee to join us later on. I want to thank uh, all of you who are on tonight to talk about some of the issues and concerns that we have with regards to civil rights at USDA, specifically black farmers. What I'd like to do is uh, kind of change up, since we got a little time, and we have less people right now. Can you, Wayman, give us a overview in terms of what has been going on and why has this issue become such a major issue and drop in some of the history? Can you do us an overview in this regard tonight? Sure. I would I would hit three things, Lawrence. One is that um in twenty twenty one uh there was the uh, Justice for Black Farmers Act. It was introduced on the Senate floor. It had actually been introduced in 2020, but didn't go anywhere. And so that particular bill was really targeted toward addressing black farmer issues. And then we rolled forward to uh, 2021, and we have the American Rescue Plan Act. And within the American Rescue Plan Act, there were dollars for socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers and immediately white farmers and their racist attorneys and all this all these kind of folks kind of came out of the woodworks and at the end of the day filed 12 class action suits against the USDA and there were three injunctions uh that were uh issued by district court judges and that uh, uh brought to a halt any kind of debt cancellation. The pivotal piece under the American Rescue Plan Act was that black farmers and other socially disadvantaged farmers were going to receive 120% of their debts canceled. So 100% debts canceled, 20% taxes. And then when uh, we saw what was happening, the money was being held up in court, uh, the Senate moved in, and uh, under the guidance and leadership of uh, Cory Booker, Raphael Warnock, and some others uh, helped to pass the uh, Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. And the language in that particular bill changed from a race-specific bill, as under the, other, the two previous bills, to a race-neutral bill. So $3.1 billion was uh, assigned, was allocated for distressed farmers or uh, producers with distressed uh, entities, 3.1 billion, and then 2.2 billion was allocated for farmers who could prove discrimination of some sort. And then what we saw under the American Rescue Plan Act 
has played its way out under the uh, Inflation Reduction Act that Tom Vilsack and his cronies in the USDA have moved incredibly slow. If he had moved more expeditiously and swiftly under the American Rescue Plan Act, we wouldn't be here now. Farmers' debts would be paid off, and there would be 20% uh, for uh, taxes in their bank accounts. But then with this particular bill, again, the process has moved very, very slowly. We are told that there's a list out there, and black farmers are on the list to, to have their debts paid off, but we know of very, very few. And we do know, if I remember right, something like $800 million has been allocated out of the $3.1 billion to go for distressed farmers. And then there's another 500000 that is, has been allocated to go toward the same thing with 23,000 additional farmers. So Vilsack is keeping numbers of farmers, black farmers, close to his vest. He's not telling anybody, although we have good information that there still is in the vicinity of 3,000-plus or minus black <laughs> farmers out there with indebtedness somewhere around $210 million. So in a nutshell, Vilsack is doing under the IRA of 2022 exactly what he did under the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021, and that's leaving uh, farmers high and dry, been promised uh, a bucket load of services, promised debt cancellation, and farmers are still waiting at the mailbox for the mail to come. The letter hasn't come to most of the people that we know. So that's okay, a, that's a summation of the last uh, two or three years, Lawrence. Okay, thank you very much, uh, uh, Dr. Henson, for that uh, overview and kind of <laughs> set, set the tone for what is to come. Marty, uh, I talked with Lloyd Wright called me while we were while Dr. Henson was speaking, and he's calling from a number eight zero four. Okay, I got, it. I got it. That's it. I got it. Okay. Okay. Uh, you also, Lawrence, you also have Eddie Slaughter with you. Okay, that's great. Great, great. Okay, that's going to work out just fine. Okay, well, uh, I want to thank, uh, thank Lord Wright for coming on from Virginia, civil rights uh, advocate and former civil rights director at USDA, and he's a farmer. And, again, we have, as well, Eddie Slaughter from Georgia, a farmer and advocate for many, many years. I think I met uh, Eddie around 1995, 96, or 97. But, anyway, um, I want to thank all of you all for taking time to be on the show tonight. Dr. Henson just gave an overview of what, has been going on as it relates to all the passage of the bills and why we are still in this battle with USDA trying to get debt relief, trying to get systemic change at the U.S. Department of Agriculture once and for all. I would like to now, uh, since Lloyd is on the line, what I'd like to do is, uh, Lloyd, can you kind of tell, we have an overview as to where we are. 
But one of the things that we're going to be talking about tonight is a host of things. We'll be talking about um, the expansion of the bills that cover debt relief and why black farmers had not received it. We're going to talk about Elizabeth Warren and her role in getting this ball started and the picking up of the ball by Senator Booker and Senators Warnock. Um, we have also, we want to talk about the black leadership, and we want to talk about the leadership that is at the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which is stymieing the, the payment of debt relief for black farmers. I would like, uh, Lloyd, can you kind of take off on where you see we are with the legislation, which Wayman talked about, and tell us as to where we are in terms of where we are politically and where black farmers sit because they have not gotten debt relief. Uh, yeah, thanks, uh, Lawrence, and thanks for having me on again. Uh, where we are, uh, as, as uh, Wayman pointed out, uh, we started this process in the Justice for Black Farmer Act, and, and that act was designed and, 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 and initially um, uh, uh, drafted by Senator Elizabeth Warren uh, with help from Booker and then later Warnock. But that, that was designed to address the 400 years of oppression of blacks. That was a comprehensive bill that, was, was, that addressed black issues as, 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 as needed. We've never addressed the 400 years of oppression of blacks. But some of the provisions out of that were lifted and, and it pointed out included in the American Rescue Plan. And it, it, it expanded from black to social disadvantage, which included you know, the minority groups, Native Americans, uh, Hispanics, and Asians, along with blacks. Uh, and, and that was a, a, a good bill. It, it included two provisions. One was debt relief, and the other was discrimination. And, and, and had that bill passed, as pointed out, uh, all blacks and other minorities would have had their debts forgiven plus 20%. Um, Bill Sachs slow walk implementation and gave enough time for a number of uh, uh, white uh, Republicans to uh, go in court and stop that from being implemented based on race. So then it became necessary to redraft it. And, 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 and uh, Senator um, Booker and Senator Warnock redrafted to take race out and made it for distressed farmers uh, and for debt relief, and then included substantial amount of money for discrimination. It went from what would have been about $250 million to $2.2 billion for discrimination. That part hasn't been implemented yet, and that has the potential to do uh, a lot for black farmers. But let me point out one of the things, just to address the big picture. Had all of the debt been forgiven under the American Rescue Plan with the 20%, we would only have helped 8% of the black farmers. And that's something that we discovered as we went along, although we were told initially 
that there were probably 16 or 17,000 black farmers uh, with debt. Uh, when we got around to looking, really, there was only about uh, 3,000. Uh, 3, so 92% of black farmers will not benefit from the debt relief. And so they're going to have to wait and try to get money for the long-term discrimination that will come out of the implementation of the next uh, provision uh, that they're holding some hearings on now. Uh, 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 unbeknown, although we should have been watching, uh, the department has stopped making loans to black farmers. So only 8%. The rest of the 92% of the black farmers have to get their money from sources other than the USDA. Although USDA was designed to be the, the lender of last resort, it is not. It, it does not make loans to blacks, and therefore there are very few blacks with loans. But being that being the case, uh, the, 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 the new bill, which had to remove race, would have been all right had the Secretary of Agriculture implemented it with the guidance that was provided in a letter signed by Senator um, Booker, Senator Warnock, and, 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 and Senator Schumer. You know. uh, so with those three signatures, they told them all farmers with uh, uh, have more interest than principal would have all their debt forgiven. Those who've had uh, 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 foreclosure uh, would, would get their address. Those who have more interest than principal and, and those who have been delinquent. Would have theirs. Would all of those would get 100% write-off? Now, they wouldn't be getting the 20%, but it would get debt write-off. The problem is, Lawrence, in a nutshell, is that the secretary didn't use that. Um, not only did he not use that, he came up with a definition that of folk who have recent uh, 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 delinquency of 60 days as of end of September which gave people time to miss some payments and get in under the wire and get some of this money. Uh, he's been paying them, and as you pointed out, uh, we've both been making calls, and we're not finding a lot of the black farmers who have long-term stress getting help, and, and, and that's not good. But I want to make a distinction between implementation and policy. I, I tell folk like the... 40 acres in a mule and the uh, land distribution from rebels back at the end of the Civil War, or Pigford as far as that matter, those policies were pretty good, but they never got properly implemented. And the American Rescue Plan was good, but Vilsack never Im implemented it. Uh, and my fear is that he can, you know, make, he can, he can end up adding this, uh, Inflation Reduction Act to that long list of promises and even not more than promises, you know, agreements and legislation, as it turns out, uh, that really never got implemented. And 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 uh, I, I'm not. I, I I think the legislators in this case did the best that they could do. I, I think Senator Warnock and Senator Booker did the best that they could do with their hands tied behind them with the lawsuits in drafting the legislation. Um, I, I think the problem is in what we call the last plantation, which hasn't changed a heck of a lot, and they just not being very innovative and in trying to address the initial intent of this legislation that 
you know, originated in the Justice for Black Farmer Act, have gone through a few versions, and now this may end up being the White Farmer uh, Act, and that not very many of the people that we care about have gotten their debt forgiven, and I only t- know of two people who may have gotten all of their debt forgiven. So, so we got an implementation problem in a nutshell, and 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 that really uh, is at the foot of the secretary, who has very little imagination on how to address this, or maybe have a lot of imagination, and just he just refused to to implement uh, uh, programs to address black needs, and which has been his history. You know, he's been around eight years under the. Obama administration and two more years under this administration, and really, you know, coming from my experience as uh, as director of civil rights for the department, where we had people who cared about this issue, I worked for a, a secretary who cared about this issue and got some things done. I haven't seen much uh, in his ten years, so uh, that's our real problem, and I hope we can focus on that uh, because I think our legislators did a good job, Lawrence. Uh, but we're going to have to watch implementation because if we are not careful, uh, he can, um, you know, mess up the implementation of the discrimination provision. And, and we'll end up getting very little out of these bills that were designed to address long-term concerns in the black farm community. So I hope that's that, that not too long a statement on where I think we are. I think we need to worry about implementation so we don't add this to the long list of bills that never got implemented, and therefore we're still losing black farmers. Okay, thank you very much. I think that that will give what Dr. Henson and and what Lloyd Wright has uh, stated uh, clearly indicate where we are today. The, the good part about this show, we're able to reach down to where the rubber hits the road and that is to get input from farmers. We have Michael Stovall from Alabama. Again, we have uh, Eddie Slaughter from Georgia. And Eddie, stay with us because we're going to get to you. And we have possibly uh, Corey Lee to chime in, who is a farmer and an advocate and has filed a host of lawsuits, and maybe he can bring us up to date. But I would like to now have... Michael Stovall from Alabama, to kind of, you heard what has been said about the history and about where we are with this new legislation dealing, hopefully dealing with debt that has not come. From a farmer standpoint, and we're going to hear from farmers now, what do you think about what is going on at USDA? What do you think about the leadership? both the leadership uh, from our black representatives from the White House and from our advocates around the country. And, Michael, you've been around uh, this barn many times, so give us an idea what you think and what you feel, because we're here to help and serve the farmers. But we can't do it without hearing from you. What is missing? What has to be done? based on what you're hearing well, and what you're reading? Well, I feel like that we always have to compromise when it comes down to years of discrimination that black farmers have 
lost over 15 million acres of land. You know, it's just sad that we always have to compromise with whatever bill that we put, that's put in place. You know, what I'm saying is black farmers have suffered. I have a finding of discrimination. I have seen farmers die losing their land and they suffered. People don't understand. 500,000 ain't no money. Debt relief ain't enough to bring these farmers nearly about whole. But everybody sat back saying all the things that they're saying, but you have to been out there and they're suffering, seeing these people suffering and lose their farm and they're crying on the porch and they're dead to death. Don't nobody know how that feel if you've never been through it. So it's easy for people to get out here and say, this is good legislation. But it's not good to legislation when you lost thousands and thousands of land, acres of land. It's not. $500,000 is a drop of the bucket today when it comes to the losses of black farmers. I got chicken houses that never even got started because of discrimination. They towed the buildings up, held up the loans. I have a finding of discrimination. As many farmers ever had what I had in the finding of discrimination and continue to be discriminated against, even fought them in court for seven years on the breach of contract. These farmers are steady and suffering. And I hold Republicans as well as Democrats. These farmers have lost millions of dollars, and they should be paid the damages that they lost. It shouldn't be have to compromise with white farmers because we've been discriminated against. It's time for us to stand up and unite together. Here it is, 2022, and we still compromise. We still get on the back of the bus. And people out here that have never suffered in 29 years of discrimination that I have dealt with and have a mental illness because of that and a back injury. Many farmers that I have seen, they took their farm. Look at Harry Young and so many other, I can't even call their names. Farm been paid for for many years. They ran him off the farm, brought him up on erroneous charges, and he dead today. And then you want to give his family $500,000? That's an insult. But we always have to suffer on the behalf of white folks. Always have to compromise to get a nickel, and they get billions of dollars. It's not fair. And I feel like this, Congress should have done better. They should allow these farmers to go before the administrative law judge. They should have ones that has less amount of damages, 500,000 and less, they go another position. The ones that have more damage, they need to go before the administrative law judge and get their damages according to what they lost. That's my opinion. They need to stop giving us pennies, and we need to stop accepting and we need people that's going to be speaking for us, speaking the language that need to be spoken, not what they feel like we deserve. They gave me a partial debt relief. I have a finding of discrimination and a breach of contract. They still left me with $160,000 debt. And several, last year, I signed a debt relief form, and it was 120%, and the white folks filed a lawsuit against me. But let me tell you something. I should have never had no debt because it was written off the past and they put it back on me. And they discriminated against me for 29 years, put me in jail, killed my cows, brought me up on erroneous charges, and I beat all of them. 
Look how many farmers didn't get to that step and how many of them died trying to keep the land. They was hung out in the field on by ropes and the tractor set beside And y'all want to give us $500,000? That's an insult for the pain and suffering that these black farmers have done for years, not count slavery 400 years, not count Jim Crow, count here in the 1920s and 1940s and 1950s and 1960s, all the way up to 1920 and, 20, and uh, 2022 and 2021, we still suffering because of discrimination that we occurred from the USDA. But y'all want to give us penance. That's not fair. It's not right at all. We should have a fair seat at the table just like anybody else. Thank you very much. uh, Thank you very much, Uh, Michael. Again, you have clearly indicated from a personal standpoint as a black farmer, also from an advocate standpoint. Um, Can you tell me what you feel before we have Eddie Slaughter to come on? Tell me, what do you feel about this whole issue that, that farmers are not getting debt relief? Uh, they're not getting paid their uh, losses. And now what we're hearing, can you explain to our listening public about the burden, the double jeopardy or the double-edged sword that USDA is using by now uh, having to pay taxes on the, on the money that, uh, that was paid if you get debt relief, but now they're going to tack on a what they call a 1099 is going to be received by black farmers, which is going to add to the debt. Tell me what your thinking is on it and what you feel is happening to black farmers in this regard. Well, for the, for the, what it is, they know that the IRS would come at you faster than they would come at you. And whatever money you get out of that half a million dollars, you're going to have to end up paying it in taxes. And if they leave you with some debt, you're going to have to end up paying it with the, the debt as well. So that ends leave you with zero. That was the plan from the beginning. Once you have to pay taxes and everybody in a different position on their taxes. See, what that would do, if you got $500,000 and you just got $400,000 debt written off, look how much you got to pay in taxes. And if you got another uh, debt that's still out there, like I got $160,000 debt that's still out there. So if I take the $500,000, by the time I pay taxes and pay, and pay the $160,000, I don't have nothing left over. But see, that's what they would plan to do because instead of the USDA coming after you, the RS going to come after you and seize your land. They're going to put a lien on your land for tax. And then you're still dealing with the USDA as well, if you don't pay that debt off with the 500000 It shouldn't have been a cap on the money that people have lost more than a half a million dollars. And it should have been the USDA should have went in there and paid all the people's debt off like they agreed to because they, they bind to the contract that they signed from the beginning. It doesn't matter what legislation is passed. That's still a binding government contract. And that's the same reason that John Boyd and uh, Ben Crump filed that lawsuit, because the government is, is no matter if they, I don't care what legislation they pass, when the government signed the contract and you signed that contract, 
is still a binding contract unless you get out of the contract and sign your sign your way rights from that contract. Other than that, it's a binding contract. So it's just it's double jeopardy, and that's what they've been doing us all the time. If you beat them, they're against you. They'll do anything. They ran me off the road. They tried to kill me. They they threatened me, killed my cows, shooting them in the field, did all that stuff. But I'm still here by the grace of God. But it's so many farmers that that suffered so deeply and died so young trying to stay in this fight. And that's why I said all these black people up there in these big positions, they ought to do something better. And why would they allow the fox to guide the hen house? Bill Sapp is dirty. He's racist. And he do not want to see these black folks save their father. And that's what we've been dealing with for 10 years under him. The best person we had was under President Clinton that did try to do something to address these issues. Other than that, it's just been politics on politics. So I just thank God for being Trump that stepped in here and filed this lawsuit and let the government know we got to stop. And they and, and put some brakes on what you has continued to do to these black farmers. And giving you crumbs when you didn't lost millions. Giving you a dollar, you lost millions. That's terrible. And we should fault these legend these these black officials to hold them accountable, but for doing something better than what they're doing now to represent these black farmers and make sure they get due process. They oh, could have fixed it. If they would have fixed it from the top, it would have fell down right to the bottom. Thank okay. you. Okay. Uh, Mr. Stowell, that brings us to, and that kind of leads us right into where Eddie Slaughter is. Eddie Slaughter out of Georgia. And we all know what's going on in Georgia and how important that election is going to be uh, for the Democrats this year. But we have Eddie Slaughter on, and we are talking about you've led us into this whole issue of leadership and this whole issue of uh, how um, black leadership may not have stepped up to the plate. Uh, to give the necessary support. Um, we had the president met with a group of leaders not too long ago, and some of those leaders have met, especially in Georgia, have met with the farmers. We have Eddie Slaughter on who has somewhat a very uh, – he has an extensive background on this issue, but he also – has been involved with what is going on in Georgia. And we were touching on leadership, and we were touching on what should happen, and we talked about taxes. Tell us what you know, Eddie, about what's going on from a farmer's perspective on a national level, but specifically what's going on in Georgia politically and how uh, these bills and how the impact of racism at USDA is impacting black steel today. Eddie, thanks for coming on, and I would like for you to uh, speak up now, if at all possible. 
Let me just say one thing, that everything that uh, my brother Michael Stovall said, everything he said ain't nothing but the gospel truth, you know. And uh, my hat's off to him, and I hadn't forgot about Harry Young. I hadn't forgot about L.C. Cooper, you know. I look at uh, Hennessy, Oklahoma, and Mr. Brunn, Breckenridge, and all of these brothers that's been going on, you know, uh, and and it's all over the country. And we can't receive justice because here we have uh, the Grand Wizard himself, Tom Vilsack, and the Secretary of Agriculture. <laughs> Before he even got the nomination, he had said that to give debt relief to black farmers would be unconstitutional. <laughs> That's what he said uh, when we responded to, uh, spoke to the <laughs> Biden-Harris administration, excuse me, I just got to the hospital a couple of days ago. <clears throat> and the problem that we have, I went and asked my congressman about them supporting us and asking the rest of the Congressional Black Caucus to support us. And he's not interested in doing that. But at the same time, you think that you're going to ask for our vote and we're going to be able to vote. We're not going to vote. And if you can't support us, then it would be naive and foolish for you to think that we are going to support you. And so Sanford Bishop is my congressman. And like I said, that you got 55 black members in the Congressional Black Caucus. They ain't got enough votes to pass anything, but they do have enough votes to stop anything that comes to the flow. But they choose not to get involved in this issue. And I think that they cannot expect for us to continue to support them and they not do nothing. Is You know, every time it comes time to supporting a black issue, they have to first support the Democratic Party. Right now, they are saying that over 50% of your young black boys in the fourth grade, over 50% of them cannot read on the fourth grade level. So when we have things like uh, vouchers and uh, charter schools and all of that, they got to vote with the AFL-CIO and the teachers' union. So they vote against blacks in favor of the party, the Democratic Party. And this stuff has eventually got to stop. And we are not going to continue to sit idly by and keep on supporting them, and they can never support us. You know, that would be naive. And they say that is madness. Is it crazy? You keep on doing the same thing and getting the same results. Then that's craziness. That's foolishness. You know, so it's time for us to make a change. You know, and in the state of Georgia, I mean, me and a bunch of the farmers over here, we approached him about it, and he's not interested in supporting us, but he wants us to support him. So that's not going to happen anymore. You know, we're not going to be stuck on stupid forever and keep on supporting these people that can't support us. And that's just the bottom line. You know, and the whole thing is just like Carl Parker. They wrote off uh, $500,000 of his debt, and he owed 54000 more dollars. But they have informed him that they finna send him a 1099 to pay taxes on the 500000 and he got already for uh, three more years that he's going to be paying somewhere around eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars a year. Now he, 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 you know, he is laying ain't clear. 
He still got to pay debts. He still got to pay taxes. And he don't have no equipment to farm with to do anything with them. We're leaving, uh, they're leaving us worse now than we were before this. You know, and here's yep. what I'm saying. What's wrong with the Congressional Black Caucus getting together and demanding that Tom Vilsack step down? You know, when we had Martin Luther King's and Malcolm X and Mega Evers, we had black leaders that would stand up and confront the racism. To know how racist Tom Vilsack is and to allow him to stay there and reap havoc on your people, that's a moral disgrace. It's a moral disgrace. It really is. You know, and for a long time, I was a staunch Democrat and everything was Democratic. But in these late years, you know, I can't see us continuing to go down that same road with these people refusing to support us or to help us. There's no excuse for it. We got 55 black members in Congress, and there's no excuse for it. When Alma Adams demanded that he expedite paying us, you know, or either ask for his resignation, all of them in the Congressional Black Caucus, I understand, were shaking in their boots. None of them wanted to sign with her and left her out there alone to stand up to this big bad wolf. And this joker here don't have no respect for no black person, none whatsoever. And as a result, hey, I, I cannot, in all honesty, continue down this road with them. And everybody that we've talked to, only two people I know done got total debt relief. That was Dexter Davis out in Tallulah, Louisiana, and uh, another guy with Mississippi. Other than that, we everybody else is getting partial uh, debt relief, and uh, the bill said total debt relief. You know, and 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 this man don't have to worry about standing up to the law. He don't have to worry about you know going by the letter of the law because there's nobody over him but who appointed him, and that was Joe. That was you know Jim Crow Joe Biden. Yeah. So I look at it, and I'm saying, uh-uh, I am not going to continue down this road again. Yeah. Uh, hello? Yeah, hey. We, we here. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for giving us this overview, and I would like to – Marty, has um, Corey Lee called in yet? Um, I don't have him yet, Marty. Uh, he would be calling in that number. He did, in fact, uh, call call me while we were we were talking, while Eddie was speaking. Uh, I would like to maybe have uh, Lord Wright to respond while we try to get Corey Lee to sign in. During this time, uh, what is uh, Wayman and Dr. Henson, and you've heard the. Uh, the politics of the discussion of Eddie, and um, we know we we all know each other very well. I would like either Dr. Henson or uh, Lloyd Wright to kind of give your view on this on this issue of black support and this issue of uh, the importance of the 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 election and how it's how this election is going to have an impact on black farmers in the future. Um, can you follow up um, and get, give me an idea, Lloyd, what you feel, do you agree with what uh, Eddie Slaughter is saying? Lloyd? Yes, okay. Uh, 
let me first say that I agree with both Stovall and Slaughter that even at the beginning, the plans were not adequate to address the long-term uh, uh, oppression of blacks. And, 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 and so we don't disagree on that. But, but I also want to remind you that there's the art of the possible. And in, in the case of the Senate, it's really a tie with the vice president breaking it. Uh, we have a couple senators who straddle the line, and, and, and basically you have to figure out what you can get. So I, I think if you're faced with doing nothing or doing something that's not as good as you would like, uh, you, you do what's possible. So I think we have to put in perspective how, why some things didn't happen. For example, uh, Senator Booker tried to include or did include uh, making tax-free uh, uh, debt relief, but it got taken out when they were voting on it. And he, he doesn't have enough votes. He didn't have enough votes to keep that in. Now, the, the choice could be to, to, to do nothing, and, and, and they elected to do something. So I think we need to keep that in perspective. But when it comes to how you vote, well, uh, I, I'm, I'm, pro I'm probably older than most of you on this show, and uh, in, in that uh, when I graduated from college in '64, uh, uh, one year prior to the Voting Rights Act, uh, I couldn't vote in Virginia, in the in, in, in the deep South state of Virginia. So in '65, they cleared it up, and we could vote. Didn't have to go through all those logistics to, 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 to do the impossible to vote. So the, 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 it was the Democrats, you know, actually President uh, Johnson, who provided leadership for both the 64 and Civil, Civil Rights Act and 65 Voting Act. Uh, the Republicans have been trying to undermine the Voting Rights Act ever, ever since it was passed. Uh, for us not to vote uh, or, or to vote for Republicans would give them a double win in that the real problem with getting a decent bill is that we didn't get one single Republican to vote in the Senate. So they had to depend on all 50 Democrats plus the vice president uh, to help elect them because we didn't get everything we wanted for the, from the Democrats, is long-term not great. They, the, Demo, the Republicans would have achieved two objectives. They would have stopped you from voting, and they don't want you to vote. And if they take control, they're going to take more of your rights to vote. And having been born when, uh, or having been eligible to vote when I couldn't vote, uh, I, I take pride in being able to vote, so I'm going to vote. I'm not going to vote for the folk who are trying to take everything from me. My voting rights, the Civil Rights Act is being undermined by the Republicans who stacked the Supreme Court. So I think, and you know, so yes, we're not we're not getting what we should have out of agriculture. I'm disappointed, and 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 as many of you know, you know, I wrote a letter before Vilsack was appointed, saying why I didn't think he should be there. Uh, and I haven't changed my position on that. But the, the legislative folk did what they could do uh, under the circumstances. 
And so I think Warnock and, and, and Booker should be praised for what they did. They, they, they did what they could do under the circumstances. Uh, I don't think any of them deserve praise for not having done more to remove Vilsack. Our problem, we wouldn't be here if they had implemented the first bill, and, and, and many other sec- most other secretaries that I would work for, uh, certainly back under the Clinton administration, would have had this bit, would have had the American Rescue Plan implemented when we were going to write all the debt off for all the black farmers, although that was only eight percent, and give them twenty percent to pay the taxes. That should have been implemented, and we wouldn't be having this discussion. But Bill Sack didn't do it because he didn't want to. He pretend he was trying to carve it up in such a way to make sure there was enough to pay taxes. Uh, on April 8th, a bunch of us signed a letter saying, why not implement this and we'll worry about whether or not 20% is enough or not. But he didn't want to implement it, and he didn't. I'm not convinced he wants to implement what's in front of him now. But 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 I wish, and I agree with you, that uh, the, the Democrats should do a better job in appointing people uh, to run, and they shouldn't appoint a person who has a very poor record of dealing with blacks. They had the, the Department of Agriculture, and, and he has a record going back to Iowa where he was had a class action suit with blacks suing him, and he did nothing in his first eight years, and he hasn't done anything in these two. And I, I can't explain that. But with that being the case, that is not enough to stop me from voting. I, I take pride in the fact to vote. I, you know, my, my, were t- my parents and relatives, many of them could not vote. So I'm going to vote for that reason, and, 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 and I want the next generation, the kids and the grandkids, to be able to vote. You put these Republicans in, you'll lose that, along with all the other rights they're going after. So uh, I, I, I guess I'm not ready. Uh, I'm disappointed that things are not happening because I'm committed to saving every black farm we can. Uh, but I want to take what we can get, and I'm not willing to compromise. But I think uh, what we should do is take what we can get now and don't stop. We still, we still haven't been made whole. Uh, I know that don't address the people who passed on, but uh, you, know, if, you know, if you go back far enough, you, you know, we, they never addressed the fact that we were slaves. They, they took the land from the Indians, drove them off, and put them in terrible conditions, and used blacks to clear and farm the land. And, 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 and at the present time, at least out in Loudoun County, was, this guy said he didn't want his granddaughter coming home asking him that they ran the Indians off the land and used uh, black slaves to clear it. He said, I don't want to discuss that. Well, it happened. So they're not Okay, they okay Lloyd, I, I want to thank you, um, and maybe we'll get a chance to uh, get some feedback from Michael Stovall and uh, Eddie Slaughter uh, based on your comments. I want to check because we have uh, hopefully Corey Lee I hope he's on. Corey, are you there? He's not on yet. Uh, he's on he's mute. On okay, yet. Corey, uh, come off mute, and uh, we have Corey Lee. Not, Lauren, he's he's not on yet. I don't have him. Uh, uh, I can't hear you. What did you say? Um, I don't have him. He's not. He's not he's called not in yet. Corey, yet. Yeah, no, Corey hasn't called in yet. He hasn't called in yet. Okay. Nope. Well, um, well, that be the case, they'll give an opportunity 
Dr. Henson, can you kind of give your view about, uh, uh, about what we're talking about at the present time? And I'll get with Corey Lee and get him on the line, please. Sure. Let, let, me, let me just say a few things uh, that we're – some things that we're making overt and, and uh, some things we're not. Uh, Mr. Slaughter, when he dropped some names uh, out there for us a moment ago, he mentioned Jan and Breckenridge. I remember meeting the Breckenridge family there on their farm in uh, Hennessy, Tennessee, uh, back in the day, and uh, just thinking about Matthew Grant, uh, Florenza Grant, and um, uh, Richard. And so when, when we look at the long scenario of racism in our country and how we as a white society have woefully mistreated black farmers. Uh, some of our friends who are um, um, extrovert, who are experts in this area say that African-American farmers since 1910 have lost $326 billion uh, in land and productivity off of the land. And then when you and I can double back, and, and Lawrence, we were on that phone call that day, one of uh, Bill Sag Biden's team says, what you're asking for is unconstitutional. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, here we go again. And I look back over the span of my meager involvement with black farmers from 1994 to now. What I'm seeing is that white America is absolutely clueless as to the price that black America pays for farming while black in America. And so the fact that um, that I've met people who've had strokes, who've had heart attacks, uh, in the, the the documentary, I'm just a layman in pursuit of justice. Um, Gary Grant and um, his sister said that the USDA murdered their parents and also their brother Richard, and that's a that's a heavy. That's a heavy word to use, but I think when you look at the oppressive burden that USDA places upon black farmers, it makes perfectly good sense. There's a guy that I've gotten to know the last few months or so. He's a forensic psychologist out of California who's written a book that details and explains the mindset of the planter class back in days of enslavement. And what I come away with from reading his stuff and talking to him is that the planter class mentality still exists in America and is running through the USDA top to bottom. So when our friend Eddie Slaughter says that the Grand Wizard is there as secretary, it's like that rings true, Eddie Slaughter. That rings true. And then when I hear and I read the machinations that the secretary does or doesn't do to take care of indebtedness when discrimination is clearly evident as the nose on your face and still fiddle farts around with it. And 110 days later, all these white farmers are able to say, this is reverse discrimination. We deserve a piece of that pot. That whole planter class mindset is another way of saying racism exists within the USDA from top to bottom. And that's why white farmers have little to no trouble 
getting loans. That's why black farmers have lots and lots of trouble of getting loans. And when they see that the deck is stacked against them, they don't, kind of like uh, uh, Mr. Wright said, they don't even apply for loans anymore. They know what the answer is going to be. And so one one last point, and I'll, I'll shut up, is that in the face of persistent, chronic, intense, episodic racism, all sorts of signs and symptoms come out. And Michael Stovall said this in passing, that our farmers develop mental or nervous disorders. They develop physical problems. They lose their health. They lose their families. So it's like losing their farms are over here, but losing the farm is part and parcel of who they are as human beings. So when a black farmer says, my blood is on this land, my DNA is in my, my farming's in my DNA, we need to shut up and listen because that's not just a job for them. And when we take away from black farmers that which is in their blood, that which is in their DNA, it is shameful to be an American and with that kind of nonsense to be going on. For white farmers to be benefiting on the backs of black suffering is a shameful, shameful thing. It's it's embarrassing to be a white American and to know this shit that's going on. Thank you very much. Um, I think that kind of sums up what, in terms of following up on this whole leadership. Hopefully now we'll have Corey Lee. Is Corey Lee on? Uh, Corey, are you there? Oh, yes. Can you give me, can you give me two minutes though, where I can get situated? Okay, uh, that will be just great. And, uh, let me just say this uh, while we're waiting on Corey Lee to get ready. Uh, everything that Brother Henson just said, you know, when I think of when I started this fight, you know, and I think of the heart attacks I had and all the stents that were put there, when I think that I was on dialysis for 12 years, and when I finally got a kidney transplant. Lost the vision in my left eye. And when I was a double amputee right now, you know, and all of the gangrene and all of the suffering, all of the agony and pain, and even when I would fast for three or four days, my blood sugar could not be under control because of the stress level that was in my body from this fight. You know, it's more than just a notion, all the things that we suffer. And if I hadn't have been a strong black man, I would not have made it. But it is more than a notion that all of the stuff, the heart attacks, and as a double amputee, I still drive my tractors, my cars, my trucks, and I get around. But I know all of this, and when I finally had to deal with it so that I could still live, I had to let go and let God, and then I had to start fighting back in the only way I know. You know, and me, myself, I do, I, I have such a problem with the so-called black leadership in America today. Yeah, I mean, it's really dismal. It really is. There's no excuse for us to have those many black elected officials. We have more black elected officials now than we ever had in the history of this country. And we were soft now than we was 50 years ago. Thank, thank you very much, Eddie. Uh, that, that is a good commentary to lead us into uh, hearing from Corey Lee from Tennessee. 
black farmer, black advocate, and uh, someone who has been filing cases um, all over uh, between uh, Tennessee and Washington, D.C. Corey, we've been talking about this issue, and we want to know why you have taken the position that you have taken as it relates to our black leadership, as it relates to uh, Tom Vilsap and USDA in relationship to uh, what the president is doing or not doing and why we still have Tom Vilsap at USDA, as well as the cases that you are filing and why, and what is the impact of the cases that you are filing and the impact that the John Boyd advocate farmer and Crump has filed. Can you kind of bring us up to date in terms of where you are and share some of the deep-seated feelings that you have about our leadership? Oh, boy, that's a whole lot to chew on. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you but, time. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, in, mind you, I just caught the, the last little bit of this uh, show when I caught uh, Wayman Henson speaking and then I caught uh, most lady slaughter. So what, what happens is, is this, and they're exactly right. So the USDA put black farmers in positions to where they're not going to win, and then when they start doing things that affect your livelihood, destroy your families, then that's when the, the anxiety and, and, and mild cases of depression set in, and you you don't know why, you know, you've lost 30 pounds. You don't, you know, you don't know why a whole lot of things. You know, you find yourself, you know, questioning God from time to time. And, and so it's, ba- it's bad. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a bad state. And and they were exactly right when I got these said Michael Stovall, you know, said that, you know, it, it takes a, a physical uh, toll, you know, on a person. But as far as the leadership, the black leadership, Oh, we're in a terrible state. And the terrible state comes from, you know, you, you take your Sanford Bishops down there, you take your David Scotts down there in Georgia. They, you know, they just happen to say we got a seat at the table, and they're not going to dare question white authority. They're not going to do it because they got a little cush job, you know, benefits for life, health insurance. They, they don't care. They're scared. But if, on, on the other hand, you know, contrary to that, if you take a Cory Booker, at least he will speak up. So, uh, you know, there was a, a, a little bird that told me that Eddie Slaughter that ran a commercial down in South Georgia said he's rotating the crop, and, and Sanford Bishop needed to be uh, rotated. I don't know if I got it all right, but, you know, it made me chuckle. But there's a lot of truth to that. And, and at the end of the day, I saw some statistics on uh, – on, on the news is yesterday, they said maybe there was about 33% or 34% of America that don't trust either party, you know, whether you're Republican or Democrat. And for a person to, you know, just party line vote for Democrats because you're black, you've almost, you know, you might have to be the, the question that that train thought because our our elected officials and those especially who've been there for you know, 
10, 20, 30 years, they hadn't caught up through the times. They don't realize that, that they're free now. It's like almost Juneteenth for them. And and so how do you expect a person in South Georgia, a person in North Carolina that's black, that, that you know, you know they, they, they want to give you a shot and give you a vote, but you can't stand up for them, and then you look at their voting record, they don't have any problem with voting for uh, white farmers getting uh, cotton grants down there in Georgia, but you can't fight for your own people that actually voted for you. You know, that's, that's where I stand, and, and, and I think that we as a people are too passive. Uh, and if we all remember Obama's presidency when all this stuff started with Bill Sack, and the black leadership would never, well, you know, we don't want to do anything to put a mark on this forced administration. But at the same time, they're going to allow Tom Bill Sack to put black people through a, uh, a absolute hell. I mean, are, are you you willing to risk the last... 1.2 million acres that we have because you wanted to defend Obama's legacy when he put a bona fide Klansman in office? Is that what you're willing to do? But at the same time, if we went and took everything that belonged to you, drove you to the doggone nuthouse, and put such, uh, put lavish and things on your, your your personal items that you'll never get up under that mountain of debt, then how would you feel? So, so yeah, the black leadership has got to be questioned. And it's got to be questioned right now. But at the same time, at the same time, I saw something on TV yesterday that the um, that the record there's a record number of voters, early voters down there in Georgia. Warnock would have had he would have caught hell down in the state of Georgia from black people. But doggone the Republicans didn't give us doggone Herschel Walker. You know, I understand making a deal with the devil, but everything has its limits. And, and and so there there was nothing really black people could do, and and you know Warnock he sits there on the U.S. Uh, Senate committee he ain't done nothing for black farmers he said that all he did was lie try to get past the the election he's been there for two years and ain't done nothing that that bill was handed to him by Elizabeth Warren Cory Booker but what has he done what has he done besides well I'm gonna write a letter to Tom Bill Jack when you write a letter to a Klansman. That I ain't never gave a damn about black people. Then why in the world do you think a letter to us? Why didn't you go to Joe Biden? But now we find out this ain't just Bill Sacks' agenda. It's, it's Joe Biden's big uh, uh, agenda. There is no way that a black person should even consider voting for uh, Joe Biden in 2024 because the land represents generational wealth, and it's all about the generational wealth and that land that goes to it. So if Joe Biden can't control his funkies, well, he ain't got no business being there either. So we definitely got a question, what is his agenda? Was he just a political appointee? And, and, and because he's been with the Democratic Party for so long, we ought to be feel obligated to be honored to a man that, that will, take, will stab you in the back and, and kiss your baby at the same time. That's who he is because that's what his actions show. And then you put out there, you know, well, we can't pass ARPA because it's tied up in court. You lying. You knew Bill Sack was lying from the start. You have never made a concerted effort as the president of the United States to deal with Tom Bill Sack when all it really takes is a stroke of the pen from you. And that's a fact. You can get mad at me all you want, but you can't dispute the facts. And so as far as what's going on in the courts, well, we did have a monumental ruling. 
And the ruling was it was just the beginning because the courts in Tennessee said that black farmers or farmers under the ARPA, and I want you to distinguish what I'm saying, under the ARPA is entitled to a hearing before the administrative law judge. So for, for decades, black farmers have never been able to get a hearing at the ALJ. So now, but with it opens up, because he says under the ARPA, and those suits were filed prior to the amendment and the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, that the ARPA is still in place. So if they say, like, like today, I got a notice from the, from the uh, USDA said they paid off $228,000 of my debt, and I ain't never laughed so hard in my life. First of all, I ain't got no tax money to pay for a payment that, that, that I don't owe. You let the bank keep the money and want me to pay taxes for the white man for, for his pleasure. You have lost your mind. And then so, but with the bank, with the judge saying this, then I got an opportunity to go in front of the administrative law judge and make the uh, and make the bank verify that they were uh, told that, that they could foreclose. Because on October seventh, Jack Ducano sent a memo to the banks saying, "Hey, if you think you're gonna uh, go foreclose pretty much on these white farmers, give us a two week notice and let's see if we can work them out." That ain't the same protection the black farmers ever got on the guaranteed loan. They wouldn't. They sold my property and kept the overages, and the USDA charged me three hundred thousand dollars for it. Now, now, how is that right? But you know, things are happening in the court, and I really think that under the ARPA, that in D.C. there's been a thousand black farmers, and I could not be more proud to send motions to compel the agency for that hearing. And I really think in the next two to three weeks, we're gonna get a favorable decision. And so then when they get that hearing, not only can they challenge those partial payments, they can actually go into 1006 while it's all on the table and get actual damages so since, you know, you feel like you've been discriminated. That's going to happen. I mean, I know it sounds too good to be true, but I watch the courts every day. It's going to happen. So, okay. okay. And I forgot the other three yeah. questions that you asked. Well, well, Corey, tell, tell our listening audience, what is the impact of the filing in court last, um, the filing in court a few weeks ago by John Boyd on behalf, by John Boyd and Crump on behalf of four black farmers? How does that impact what is going on with what you're doing and what do you think the the impact or what you think will be the result of this new filing and uh, new legal uh, court challenge? Can I be candid? Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right, so I'll give you the good news on there. The good news is they filed the, the case under the American Rescue Plan Act in which they recognized or Trump recognized that there was a chance that they could get some claims under the, uh, they could get some relief under the American Rescue Plan Act. You know, and that that's a good thing. So, you know, he, he's challenging in the court of federal claims. But, however, 
they're either going to stay that case or throw that case out because the same set of facts has been pending in the D.C. District Court. And the last thing you really actually need as a black farmer is a class action because if you thought Pickford was rough, you get in the bed with that bunch right there, it's not going to be good. Why would you want to go into a class action and give all your rights and money away to where the D.C. District Court says you can go to the administrative or yourself or take an attorney yourself and get your actual damages? So if I wasn't in the position that I was in, I wouldn't go to a class action that's going to take two or three years. To me, it seems more like a, a stunt to go out there and try to force a settlement for John Boyd. That's what it seems like to me. But at the end of the day, they were several months late because they're not going to give them relief on a class action on the same set of facts that's pending in the D.C. District Court. It's not going to happen. Okay, thank you very much. Um, let me see if uh, Marty has any questions, and then I, I want to open the floor uh, to dialogue to whoever wants to uh, kind of pick up this issue because we're talking about leadership, we're talking about court action, we're talking about um, what is going on in USDA as it relates to black farmers not getting debt relief, black farmers having the burden of taxes. Uh, exactly what do, you, what do you all think that what should happen next? Uh, Marty, do you have any questions at this point? Well, I'll tell you, behind all of this, uh, and I've said this all along, you need to look at who is receiving that land that gets taken. That will answer a lot of your questions about There's why things are going the way they are. Uh, so it, I'm still trying to figure that out. That information should be available on tax rolls, property tax rolls, that kind of thing. But they're not taking this land from them, and it just disappears into outer space. Someone is receiving that land. You need to figure out, ooh, is there a systematic uh, thing going on here? We're in a specific area. Uh, farmers, black farmers are losing their land. Is there, you know, there's a lot of questions on the other end of this that if you can find the answers to will help you determine what's going on and who's doing it. Um, you look at Bill Gates, of course, immediately comes to mind. Just had a huge fight up uh, north in North Dakota, over 5,000 acres of land that he seized, and he eventually got it, but they fought him tooth and nail. This man now owns over 300,000, I mean, count them, 300,000 acres of prime agricultural land. Who owned this land, and how come it was up for sale? Who put it up for sale? And were there any other bids on the property? Or did one specific individual or corporation get this land as a gift, so to speak? These are questions I have about all this and doing what I do and having done it for so many years. I found it's more important to figure out who's at the other end of it, who's on the other side. Who is the invisible person that is benefiting from all of this? And once you answer that question, the doors will start opening everywhere. But those are just my thoughts. So go ahead on. Okay, thank you very much. We have approximately 15 minutes, and what I would like to do, I would like to give each one of our guests 
to do a summation or maybe kind of say what is on your mind and what we need to do as an organization, the Justice for Black Farmer Group and the uh, Coalition Minority Employees. I want to say that we do have a letter that uh, we drafted and we sent to Tom Vilsap on the 28th of, I think it's uh, September, and we have not heard from that letter, or maybe I'm getting the letters mixed up, but I have Wayman to kind of clarify that. But we've sent letters to also to the White House. We sent letters to Vilsap, and we haven't gotten the answers. We want to follow up and make sure those letters are responded to. So we are demanding accountability and transparency from the White House all the way to USDA. And I think you all are asking for the same kind of honesty, uh, standing up for the farmers that you're asking for of our leadership, the kind of accountability. They need to be held accountable, and they need to be transparent in their approach to this issue. Who would like to maybe uh, go first and give kind of a summation as we close? Uh, um, maybe, Wayman, since we, we talked about the letter and we've talked about uh, what is going on, I want you to go first, and then we'll follow up with Eddie Slaughter and then Lloyd Wright, and we'll close with um, Corey Lee. Uh, Wayman, can you kind of just give us a, a broad brush of you, what you think the problem is and what we should be doing? Well, I, I think there's, there's power in words, and there's power in letter writing. If you go back all the way to Frederick Douglass and all the letters that he wrote and all the words that he printed in his newspapers and that sort of thing. And so when we see that Elizabeth Warren and the senators um, – when we see that uh, Lujan and Grassley are writing letters, so on and so forth, to Vilsack. And then we also see how Vilsack doesn't respond to us, and he responds kind of halfway to Elizabeth Warren and the other senators or to Lujan and Grassley. So there's the powerful position is sitting in the Ag Secretary's position, that person has his power and influence based upon serving the will of the guy in the White House. And, and I can't argue with anything that, that Corey is saying that I think what's going on is that the, the federal government in different ways, I think, Corey, I, I may be borrowing this from you, they're doing another version of redlining. And we know what redlining is all about. So we, we apply principles of redlining to farmers. So you ostensibly forgive a debt that they didn't encumber in the first place, and then you're going to have them pay taxes on a debt that wasn't there in the first place, That and, and you, farmers are going to lose their land. So we've written a myriad of letters to Vilsack, uh, to the White House. We wrote a, a lengthy five-page letter September tw uh, November, uh, yeah, September 28, and we haven't heard back from that. We have another one that we probably will send out tomorrow. And we're getting more and more pointed as we go. We're asking Biden to do something about Vilsack. We're asking Biden to do something about putting somebody in the chair of the secretary's position in the Ag Department 
who can bring about systemic change. Otherwise, the racist behaviors that we see going on since Reconstruction are going to continue to go on. And more and more black farmers and other farmers of color are going to be losing their land. And more and more white farmers are are going to be uh, there in the shadows ready to pick up that land. They may be wealthy like Gates, or they may be just a a farmer who's farming four or 5,000 acres, and he can pick up another 500 just by, you know, sitting on the courthouse steps. So, so I think we, okay. we address things at multiple levels. Uh, Corey, go for it. Uh, let's write those letters. Let's make those calls. Let's get the Congressional Black Caucus to get off of their death. Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Wayman. I, I would like to have uh, a response from uh, Michael Stovall. Um, Michael, just give we uh, we've got uh, ten minutes left. Um, two minutes. I think we can get everything in if everybody uh, holds to their time. Michael. Well, well, you know, black farmers need to be able to get a, a seat at the administrative law judge to get due process and. Like Wayman saying and Corley saying, all they're waiting on these farmers to have this tax debt that they didn't have. You know, you got four or five hundred thousand dollars of just interest that you shouldn't have had anyway. You know, that money itself, not RS gonna come after you. USDA after you one way, and then they got you paying thirteen thousand dollars a year on a loan that they should have written completely off. You know, that's the kind of thing, IRS that you one in, the USDA at you another. So they can foreclose on you. It's just double jeopardy. That's what, they, that's what they set us up. And they set us up so they can take the land. And that's what it's all about, the, the, the land. And the land right now is running $5,000, $10,000, dollars an acre. And they know that. If they can get the land, that's what they're trying to do, and that's their plot. From writing this bill that they've written with all these taxes for these farmers and giving you partial debt relief, putting you on a higher a note than you had from the beginning. With a higher interest, they got 5% interest. They got mine at 13000 a year on $160,000. And they've written all $7,744,000, and all that was interest for 22 years with a finding of discrimination and breach of settlement agreement. But as many farmers don't have that. So as many farmers have thousands of acres of land that's supposed to be written off, and they probably owe $2 million in taxes. That's terrible. But okay. what it's all about is taking the land. Okay, uh, Michael, uh, we're going to have to uh, move on. I think uh, another good point to mention uh, they, what they're doing is taking the land, and that's what they want. But it's also, we got to mention, the fact is that we have to keep our eyes on the fact is what comes with the land goes wealth that is not being passed on yep. to, our, to the ancestors. Um, uh, Eddie, you want to give your closing comment for us, please, and our listening audience? Yeah. Well, I, I would just like to say, that uh, originally when it was back there, when they were saying pay the black farmers and let the whole settlement be tax-free because the government should not profit from the suffering of these farmers. And I said that when you go back 
to the Obama administration when the Grand Wizards himself, Tom Vilsack, was there. Obama signed a $1.25 billion settlement. We know that nine, $90 million went to the lawyers. Where did that other billion dollars go to? Because we don't know not one farmer that received justice out of pig for two. Where did that billion dollars go to that Tom Vilsack and uh, uh, Jim Crow Joe uh, deal with? What did they do with their money? Because when they went with the American Rescue Plan, originally that was $4 billion that was going to go to black farmers. And knowing that our debt wasn't but $210 million. Where was all of this money that you have that was going to lay to the feet of the black farmers? Because they didn't know that we knew how much we owed. And I'm looking at it, and they're doing the same thing all over again. But nobody questioned where all this money is going. Where did it go? They didn't pay black farmers, so where did that billion dollars go? Hey, uh, okay, Eddie, thank you very much, and uh, I look forward to having you on again soon. Uh, Lord Wright? Uh, your closing remarks. Well, I, I want to say first, you know, the discrimination uh, against black farmers have, have gone on since the, you know, existence of the department uh, under both Democratic and Republican administrations. There's been one administration that really made an effort to address this problem, and that was uh, under President Clinton. And we haven't had any before or since. And, and what I would hope that we could get, because I agree with the statements being made by all of you, and that what's being done now is not adequate and is not fair. But I would hope we could get together, and I don't think we'll get anything done unless Vilsack is out and gone and replaced with a decent secretary. I can't see anything good happening under Vilsack. So maybe that's why we, we can get together, because I think we all agree to that. And, and let's oh, yeah, they must that go. Something. Amen. Okay, and, and, and then I'll make one more one other statement. I'd like to get him out, and, I, I would, and whatever it takes to get folks' attention, uh, including camping on the White House lawn, we need to do. And then the second thing is I want to keep in as many Democrats as possible because I'm convinced if the Republicans take over the House or Senate, nothing will happen until they are gone. So I, I don't want to close the door on potentially getting something done. I'm convinced, and, and I put out an op-ed on why we need to vote and we need to vote for the Democrats. As long as we have them in, we have a chance to change things. If the Republicans get in, I think any change is dead. They will not do one single thing to address this. Their history has been they've done nothing. So I'm hoping that we get together and get rid of Vilsack. All these other ideas you have, they're good ideas, too. But we can make things happen in the department with a different secretary. And then I think we need to keep the Democrats in so we can get some legislation done. So that's my summary, uh, Lawrence. Mr. Lucas. Wake up, Lawrence. Uh, okay, uh, Corey, you look like you're going to get the uh, last word. Sorry, I had my phone on mute. Uh, Corey, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, um, uh, what, uh, in closing, what are your remarks? you got uh, two minutes. Well, I think there's a lot of exciting things going on right now. And, you know, something to take uh, to be mindful of is that when someone goes to an administrative law judge, the district court then becomes the appeals court 
for the uh, for for the whatever uh, final agency decision that you get. Well, uh, from what I can gather right now from the the uh, the court, the, the judge up in in D.C. that we actually could have a fair shot. Uh, so if you know if you get your opportunity to go for the administrative law judge to get your actual damages, uh, you know that's what road I think we're going down. Uh, and if you don't like it, the subsequent appeal goes back to the district court, and then you actually will have a fair shot. So uh, I think it's going to take everybody. You know, not I don't think there's going to be one group that's got the you know the the true way to get there. But I think if we all would do our part and do the best you can, how you can, and if I think if we keep chugging away with it, eventually we're going to break break through, and probably sooner rather than later. And uh, and so I encourage everybody just don't stop fighting. Just don't stop fighting. And that will do it for Corey Lee. Okay, uh, Corey, thank you very much. I want to thank uh, Eddie, uh, Corey Lee, Michael Stovall, uh, Lloyd Wright, and Dr. Henson for coming on tonight. Uh, I think it's been a very robust discussion. I can't wait to... Uh, get the uh, recording on this and get it out to our listening public even uh, more so, and and I'll be working on that tomorrow. Thank you all for coming on. This has been uh, a robust discussion about civil rights at USDA and about the systemic problem that still exists for farmers, but we can't leave out the employees who are suffering as well. Thank you very much. Uh, Marty, uh, do you have anything to add? No, I think it's been a good show, too. Um, I like it when people speak from the heart and not from a script, and I think that's what we got tonight. We got true thoughts and feelings about what's going on and a very accurate assessment of where we're at on this. So I'm real pleased with this. Uh, Thank you very much, uh, and I thank all our guests. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lawrence. Have a nice evening. Thank you, Lawrence.